Thanks for listening to The Real Life Podcast. If you live in the Erie area, we invite you to join us in person on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. or live on Facebook and YouTube by searching Real Life Assembly. Now, here's this week's message. So I want you to meet a couple of other people um, today, and I want you to hear a little bit more of the real life story and, and to help us understand our mission. So again, today on these first Sundays, we, we talk about our mission, whether locally or globally or some of the things, and, and really kind of just answering the question, what is God doing? And I know that for a lot of you that come in on Sundays and that some that you know, some that you don't know, and how many stories or what's happening in the lives of people, it's a, it's a great part for me because I get to hear, obviously, maybe a a lot more than you do about some of the stories and some of the things that God is doing. And so we know that within real life that we have a mission to love God, love others, and serve the world. It's what drives us, it what helps us to keep us focused, and uh, all of the things that we desire to do that it gets melded around this purpose and this mission that, that, uh, that we have. And, you know, when, when COVID hit and we realized that a lot of people and we were closing church down for a while, and what do we do about that? How do we keep uh, the church engaged? And so, like many churches, uh, we started live stream. And, and now that we realize every Sunday we have a whole media team and a live stream group that are, are helping us to broadcast. So whether you can't make it on a Sunday or, uh, or you're not feeling well or what just, or, or is your inviting people. Um, and, that's, and that's just what happens. So a lot of you that come into the building regularly, you never think about the message that is going out of this place that literally can go around the world. How many know that, right? I mean, you, you, we don't know where it's all going to go and, and what's going to happen. And I'm grateful for a, a bunch of people that, are, that got behind our, our live stream and are, are helping to record and helping us to send our message and let people know our mission um, far outside of Erie. And so uh, right after Easter, uh, we got... We got this letter online. In fact, it's, it starts from a, a relative, a friend of the Manuelas that, that had a friend. And, and, and they just felt like in this moment of something that happened that they wanted to let us know about what was taking place, about the investment, about the mission that we had to not only kind of take care of us during COVID, but realizing that this is a, a method that we could help share the, miss, the message and the mission of real life uh, around the world as well. So we got this letter just right after Easter. It says, hey, real life, happy Easter. I wanted to share something pretty magnificent with you. How many are glad to get letters like that once in a while, right? I know as a pastor, I love when I get letters that start like that, right? But here's a little backstory. Charles grew up Catholic. He went to Catholic school from K through 8 and was forced to church every Sunday. He hated it. He only goes to Mass with his mom on holidays to appease her, not because it's something he enjoys. Today he skipped Mass and voluntarily sat down with me to watch Easter service at Real Life. These are people that live in Maryland. Today also happens to be his 10th sobriety anniversary. And here's what he had to say. Ten years ago, my life changed. After a decade of chasing another one, I finally was ready to surrender. I was tired, exhausted, and more broken than I had ever been. After a lot of false starts, with the continued love and support of family, I started on this bout of sobriety. I honestly didn't think I would make it. I had detoxed before, had a couple of days, weeks, or months, but I always slipped, tripped, or fell. 
somehow right back into using. I was scared, scared of the future, scared I could not stay clean, scared that I would not know how to make friends, how to have fun, and how to develop. I was just basically scared I would not be able to enter a life that was mine without mood or mind-altering chemicals. But I was more fearful of continuing on the cycle I had been on for too long. I had been to meetings brought by family friends who cared about me and wanted to show me the way out of this hole that I was living in. And I heard the cliches, but I never applied any of them. But 10 years ago, I decided to try out at least the one that was one day at a time. Some days have proved too arduous to maintain, and I would tell myself, just don't use an hour at a time. Eventually, the hour would then add up to a day. And then those days continued to lapse day after day without me using. Pretty soon, the days added up, and I began to develop some time. I still remember the first time I saw a kid younger than me pick up a one-year tag. I was amazed. I wanted that. And then one day, it came to me, and it was surreal. It didn't even hit me that I had accomplished a goal that I had longed for for so long. When I woke up today, Easter Sunday now, it was just another day. But then I heard a wise person say, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Guess who that wise guy? <laughs> Man. I'm going to have Charles write me a letter every week from now on. And then I realized I have been clean and sober for 10 years today. I am still on the path that I began a decade ago, pushing forward and finding my place in life with the love of friends and family. I am not finished, but I am grateful to be able to reflect on this milestone today. And then his friend who is connected with real life said clearly he was pretty moved by RLA's message on Easter today. I thought it was really important that I could share that with you today. Can we give it up for Charles today? You see, even when you don't know, God is moving. Amen? I mean, the investment that we made. I, I mean, if you want another cliche, right? Sometimes we believe, hey, if it's only for one. Right, we would say that. I mean, if, if we had to invest a boatload of money, but one person's life was changed, would it be worth it? Absolutely, it would be worth it, right? And today to know that, that even when we don't see God moving, we hear and thank God that we are able to know that God is moving, amen? Amen, I want you to hear a couple of stories um, from right within our house today. So I'm gonna ask Ray and Alex if they will come up uh, and join me today uh, as well. And I want you just to understand some of the things that God has been doing um, in their lives this morning. So um, as you were gracious with uh, Debbie, again, these guys aren't necessarily the guys that love to come up on the platform and talk anyway, um, but would you give them a big real-life greeting this morning to know I'm really glad to have them. Good morning, guys. Good morning. <laughs> See, we even had to give them lessons on where to put that microphone, right? And they did perfectly, like where we're going to see it. So I just, we're not going to be long. We've got a couple of stories that we want to tell you. But I wanted you here. Um, so Ray's been at Real Life for, for a number of years, right? right. Um, and, uh, but, but this year started out different. And there were some kind of extenuating circumstances a little bit. There was some health scare and there were some things going on, whatever. But in, in the midst of all of that, I, I want you to just kind of talk about two things. 
you made a declaration at the beginning of this year. I don't know if it was that first Sunday in January or early in January. Um, obviously, we talk about some of the uh, New Year's resolutions or, you know, I'm finding myself back in that spot again, whatever. But kind of on his own and what God was talking about, you just made a declaration about something that was going to be different this year than all the rest. So, I did. So why don't you just talk about that real quick? Well, I started real life. Uh, eight years ago, and it was a roller coaster for me. You know, I'd great service, and I'd go back do my typical. And then uh, I finally said, you know, I've had enough. I want to get baptized. And <clears throat> Mitch, a couple other people said, you get baptized, you know, he's gonna fight you. And after I got baptized, man, life was great. Mm, half a year down the road, life was not great. <laughs> and he, Fought me and fought me and in and out of church here and there. And then I was having medical issues. And um, so we'll go back a year now. Um, went to the doctor. My medical issues were um, they did test and told me I need to go to a cancer doctor. I have a high history of cancer in my family. My father all of his family and on my mom's side, they all died of cancer. So, go to the cancer doctor. So what does the guy do? I don't go to the doctor. <laughs> um, <clears throat> didn't want to, <clears throat> didn't want to hear about it. Um, wife kept at, after me, you know, you're getting worse, you're getting worse, you need to go to the doctor. So I finally went back to the doctor four months ago, maybe, three, and doing more tests, they told me, no, your, your spleen, pancreas, they're all fine. But all your tests are coming back, your liver failure. Not what you want to hear. So, come to church, talk with Bailey and Chuck Purcell, and they prayed with me in the back. I had a, another test on the following Tuesday, and, you know, they prayed everything you know, it'll be good. So, went for the test on Tuesday, got the results on a Friday. First phone call I made was to Bailey. Doctor told me, there's nothing there. We don't want to see you for a year. <laughs> and, but before all that, though, you know, I was praying about it, and you hear people talk, you know, he always comes to me. He has a word for me. And I always thought, he's never talked to me. You know, why, what am I doing wrong? What did I, you know? But it happens not on your time, on his time. I had, I don't know if it was a dream or if it was real. I don't know. I got woke in the middle of the night before my test. And he came to me and said, all your sins are forgiven, and you're going to be okay. Man, when I heard that news, I mean, I mean, I was given a new life. You know, I got two little girls at home and two older boys, and I was like, I'm not leaving them. That's it. That's right. And, but hearing that news, I mean, it, complete weight lifted. Yeah. Yeah, and I know at the beginning of January, you just kind of came to me and, and you know, kind of like you said, maybe that roller coaster or whatever, but you just decided 
like this is it, right? I, I you, did. I came to you. I, I remember it was the first January or first Sunday in January, and I remember the sermon, but I vaguely remember the sermon from a wise guy. A wise man spoke that Correct. that Sunday, right? right? And uh, but everything you were preaching about was everything that would happen in my life. And from that moment on, I said, you know, I am done yeah. with what I am doing in my past. That's it. Because I know he's there for me. It just, I got to give my all. That's it, and, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, and even in the midst that, you know, so making that declaration and then realizing, you know, some, some bad health news, right? But, but right away, God just kind of showed up like you just testified in the middle of that to say, yes. listen, you put your trust in me. I've got you, right? I'm going to be with you. Right. Yeah, so amen. It's so awesome to hear what God's doing. So Alex has been at Real Life, we just talked just maybe a little bit over a year, um, and uh, he's even least wanting to talk. So how many of you know, if you've been at, at Real Life for any amount of time, at some point, Pastor Jim's going to pull you out of the crowd and bring you up front, right? So just know that. So this is, you know, this is going to happen. This is part of life here, Alex. But um, I just wanted you to hear a little bit of his story, because Alex came to see me a little bit more than a year ago. I didn't really know him, um, and he had said, I visited a few times can I come in and talk to you? And uh, kind of some relational things and, and just kind of, it was a, a push and a direction that my spiritual life is like, and I'll, I'll let him tell you, but it's just like all over the place. And I don't know, I don't know what to believe. I don't know who to believe. I don't know, I don't know what's going on, but, but I'm being directed that I've got to get my spiritual life in order. I got I to gotta move um, to get to know Jesus. And so we continue to meet, and, and one of the couple of big things that I want to say about Alex is, is that from day one, he just jumped full in. So if there's a life group, Alex is in it. Um, if there's a place to serve, Alex is like, I'll do it. In fact, that live stream testimony couldn't have been possible without Alex playing a part of that, that he's part of the, the live stream team as well. Um, he won our fantasy football league this year too. Like, I don't, like, I don't know what's the deal with that. Like, first-year rookie taking, uh, taking the crown, right? But I mean, like, all this great stuff. And, and I think um, just before, again, you just, I just ask Alex, just tell me what this last year at Real Life has been, is that we had water baptism not too long ago. And I, I said to Alex, I'm like, hey, maybe you should think about water baptism. And, you know, he said, Pastor, I am thinking about water baptism. And he's like, I don't know if I'm ready this time, but I know that I want to be ready for water baptism, because I know it's a spiritually significant moment, and I want to be ready, and I'm like, dude, I respect that. I said, and we're going to have another water baptism service, so keep praying about that, because God's doing some amazing things in your life, and as you are just investing into the kingdom, God's just going to continue to shower his grace and mercy, and so Alex tends to be pretty quiet, but a tremendous young man that found real life, and so I know I've told some of your story, Alex, but just let people know what this last year, what what God's been doing in your life. Uh, I'll try to keep this as neat as possible. Uh, so really about a year ago, um, pretty much I was like as agnostic as agnostic gets, um, just kind of this, you know, worldview that nothing really mattered or had any meaning, and I kind of took comfort in it for the time being. And then, you know, about a year ago, some things happened in my life that really caused me to 
reevaluate and almost kind of panic because when you have this view for so long and then things seem different, you're kind of adjusting to a new worldview. So, um, like I, I grew up Catholic and uh, had left the church for about 10 years at that point, just wasn't really doing anything for me. But I, you know, prayed for the first time about a, a year ago, the first time in, you know, a decade plus, and mm. I felt this um, peace that I can't really describe. <laughs> you know, it's just Amen. <laughs> like it was a it was a very dark moment, but but right when I prayed, it was like this. You know, felt this light and you know just this warmth, and it, it you know that kind of led me in the direction that this might be, um, you know, the answer. This is where I'm supposed to go. And then that's when I uh, scheduled a meeting with Pastor Jim to, to talk to him because, you know, I was just very, you know, I'm generally very interested in looking into stuff, and I had a very intense thirst to, to kind of look more into this. And, um, you know, at the time I had, uh, you know, started reading the Bible and, you know, couldn't put it down, and it was like 15 days cover to cover, like just <laughs> so, <Wow>. uh, you know, <laughs> interesting to read, but... Yeah, that, that that meeting I had with Pastor Jim kind of cemented things that, um, you know, this this had more meaning than I realized, and this was, uh, you know, a good direction. Um, and uh, But then after that, you know, I feel like there's been times of, you know, wavering, as I'm sure many of us have had, um, our struggles. Um, yeah, something that jumps out to me um, just kind of from the perspective I have is um, I haven't shared this with a lot of people but um, back in September of this past year I was uh, out kayaking with a buddy of mine because um, we wanted to uh, get out when the waters were a little choppier um, it was kind of stupid of me to do because <laughs> I'd only had like you know half a dozen uh, kayaking ex experiences at the time but um, you know, I got out into the water, um, started to get carried out um, into the lake pretty far, uh, panicked, um, started to, you know, turn fast to get back to shore, and then I was knocked out of my boat. Um, so then I'm just in the middle of the water, and these, you know, waves are crashing over my head. The shore is way over there, and, you know, I, I can't see my friend at all. So, um, you know, I just... I just start heading for shore then, um, and I'm not, I, I wouldn't say I'm an efficient swimmer, so, you know, I go and, um, you know, kind of doggy paddle my way to the to the shore, um, and it, it doesn't look like it's getting any closer, but I just keep, uh, you know, pushing, um, you know, really, really panicking, and eventually, you know, I hit shore, um, luckily, I went you know, behind the sharp rocks instead of in front of them. So um, it just kind of made me realize I, I have no business being here, but, um, you know, something, you know, with God's timing just said, you're, you know, business isn't done here. Um, there's still more for you to do. So he's got you. Yeah, huh? that was, you know, just kind of incredible. And I think about yeah, it for sure, for sure. Um, and then, you know, a month later, I my uh, girlfriend, her daughter moved from uh, Iowa. So, um, you know, just big things happening in my life. Um, 
as well as, you know, as you mentioned, getting involved in the live stream team. Yeah. Um, just, um, yeah. Even in times where I'm struggling, I know it's good to surround myself with the right people. So, you know, even when I'm, you know, confused or, or skeptical, I just, that, that's the one thing I do is just, you know, put myself in the right situations. Uh, just always be listening. Amen. Amen. That's what, I mean, church, when you realize some of you've seen Alex, but you don't know his backstory. And so when he comes here again, you're his family, right? You're, you're examples and, and that the prayers or the, the connections that you make have eternal benefit, right? Not only for, for what God's calling you to do, but the, the, the influence that it helps for these guys too. So I'm so glad that you hear their story and the mission that God, uh, that, that they were challenged with and just watch God uh, working that out in them each and every day. So guys, thank you for sharing your story with us today. Amen. Give them a hand. You can leave your mics right on the chairs. Alex, come on. Not so bad, right? You're ready to go next week to speak then? All right, you heard him. You heard him. I'm going to ask um, Adriel and Martha if they can just run up here real quick, too, because we're going to do just a quick little review um, a little bit because we were just talking. Ironically, um, uh, there's a couple of things that, that have happened uh, in, in their story, and, and kind of as a family, we've been standing with them for a number of years about their little boy, Adrian, who's not so little anymore, right, uh, but was diagnosed with kidney cancer and had to have a, a kidney removed and continued trips back and forth um, to Pittsburgh uh, children's and, and kind of that whole saga about what's taking place. But before we get there, um, you know, one of the things that, that I wanted to, to talk about a little bit um, is that, and especially what God was talking to me about even in this coming year, is that there are a couple of principles I think that, that we should be living and embodying and kind of living world class about. And to me, they were faith finance, fitness, and our future, that, that we've got to have some mission and we've got to have some perspective about what we can do in those kind of things. And, and a year ago, um, I talked to Adriel about that part of his life. And so some of you have seen a little bit of a, a transformation and a look back. It's been almost just maybe just past one year um, today for him to be here that, that he took this mission about getting healthy and part of it was based around his why, which happens to be a part of their family story. And when I talked to Adriel, I said, you know, what's your why? And he's like, my kids. Kind of like Ray's story a little bit. He's like, I want to be here for my kids. And the way I'm going, right, that's going to be like severely uh, challenged in what I was going to take place. And so for most of you that know, maybe some of you don't, that, that Adriel went on mission. And to take an entire year, right, to, to get healthy and still be on that journey, right, takes a lot of stick to I guess, right, a word, or knowing that something, and, and I think a word like you've said it a couple of times, uh, Adriel, is that I'm not going back, right? So you just posted this picture, so I want to show everybody if that's all right. So we got a picture of what this last year has been in Adriel's journey, Yeah? So how much from a year ago until today, how much? I lost uh, 179 pounds. 179 pounds. 
I got to church early, and the first thing that Adriel did, he showed me his uh, MapQuest or his uh, Run RunKeeper app. Pastor Jim, look at the walk that I did yesterday, right? That would have never happened probably a year ago, right? Um, about this journey that's taking place. And so, again, as it relates to your why um, and, and kind of the story, give us an update. Uh, again, how have you stayed on mission, right, this, this last year? Yeah, so definitely, as Pastor was saying, um, my why uh, is definitely my, my children, my wife and my children. You know, um, for many years, I got really comfortable with who I was. I was always a big guy, you know what I mean, and, and whatnot, and, you know, just getting into that comfort stage, you know what I mean, and... and uh, my wife would tell me all the time, like, you know, she'd be like, I mean, I'm worried about you. If I like, had a stressful day or something, I would come home from work kind of stressed out. And, and she's like, are you okay? And she'd see me breathing hard and just letting it get to that point where it was just too far, you know. And you've been preaching about the choice and, like, you don't know how bad you are until you get there, right? So uh, I was definitely there at that point and kind of was in denial. Um, so, uh Last year, uh, and obviously with what we spoke, uh, you know, with Adrian's testimony and what, you know, what Adrian went through and, and that, that kind of propelled me and to make that choice because I want to, I want to, I want to be here for my kids. I want to be there. Um, so last year in March, uh, I made that choice and I, I'm so eternally grateful for Debbie and for you pastor, because uh, they were they were there. They were never pushy. They knew I had a process to go through. They, you knew that I had to get to that point where I said, you know what, I have no, I, I have to do something, right? Um, and there's even a photo of me like a month before I started, and I just I look back at that photo and I'm like, I can't be- I can't believe it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> can't believe how bad I was. You know what I mean? And I'm still 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 not there. Yeah. But, um, but and Martha would tell me all the time, like, man, you, you know, come on, like, you know, I'm scared. You know, I'm worried about you. And and I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, I'll, you know, all I gotta do is go to the gym once or twice. I'll be all right. You know what I mean? Or you know, I gotta, you know, just gotta start. You know, maybe taking a little walk here and there. And I was lying to myself. Yeah. You know. Uh, so making that that choice uh, and and for my kids and because you know and this is something that goes without having to be said but my boys would be like hey dad let's go for a run or hey let's play basketball and it would only be like two minutes and I'm like I'm done I can't I'm sorry and I would see my kids run and I'm like man I feel like crap you know what I mean can't keep up with my kids uh, so now I'm uh, I'm not leaving them alone. I mean, yesterday we were playing basketball. <laughs> not like, look Elias out, huh? Sits down. He's like, I'm done, Dad. I'm like, no, no, come on, bro. What are you doing? So, <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely. Uh, and I'm healthier, uh, and I want to be here. As you know, I want want to be there for my kids. And for yeah, my and so I know so. we talked about because it was almost like six months or maybe a year before this journey, we were getting a last update about Adrian's condition, and, and again, the good news, I, I, I don't know that we've ever tracked down, Martha's story is, is that there was kind of a, a bunch of 
seemingly bad news, right? And some tests, and we were waiting in the morning. You went to go get breakfast. And, I, you know, I'm still kind of inquisitive. We, you met this doctor who, I know you meet a lot of doctors in that process, but you didn't really know him, right? He just kind of, are you Adrian's mom? And, and just told her, you know, he's good. It's all good, right? Every, and, and have you ever met him since in all these trips? So I got to believe it's Dr. Angel that was at the hospital that day. I'm telling you, like I kind of get goosebumps a little bit, right? Because of all the doctors they've seen, I mean, they just unloaded like, he's great. He's going to make it, all this kind of stuff. So it's been kind of a year since that. So I talked to Adrian a little bit before service. So even some of the songs that we sang, right? Because I know in our humanity, right, when we get a call or, or maybe he gets sick a little bit, right, we want to go to the fear side. But God just keeps proving himself faithful and faithful faithful. And, and soon we switch to the faithful side, right? Not fearful all the time. So it's been awesome, right? Another year of victory for not only your little one, but now for your, I can't really call him the big one anymore, like the, the big one getting littler all the time, right? So life has been amazing, right? Just with, with your whole family, Martha. God's been good, right? Yeah? Yeah. So like, it's, it's kind of one of those things where, um, you know, we, we know where we came from, obviously what God took us out of, you know, God took us out of that, uh, you know, what he delivered us from, you know, what it, he delivered Adrian from, and a lot of times Martha will kind of, you know, Adrian will get sick, and Martha's like, what's wrong? Are you okay? Sure. Yeah, You yeah. know what I mean? Are, 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 are you all right? Bear, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, so, you know, that's, uh, I'll let you speak to that if you, like, so basically, like, you know, if you see Adrian, just even a little sniffly, she's like, are you okay? What, what, what's going on? You know what I mean? Um, I mean, it's hard, obviously, as a mom, like, to see your, you know, your child go through what Adrian went through. But um, ultimately, you know, I mean, I try to remind myself, you know, that he's come so far. Mm, and, that's right. you know, just kind of stick to that faith that we've had, you know, all these years. Like, that's right to make sure that we're just, you know, just we keep praying and, and I mean, God's been good and, yep. you know, there's no reason to have fear because, I mean, we literally saw him at his worst and, you know, God took him out of that. Right. And it was like a complete miracle that came out of nowhere. That's so, it. you know, I'm just, I just have so much faith. Right. So. And, I, and I think that's the maturing process that, that we get hit from these things. And it's, you know, again, I, I, I think the challenge today is that, that, there are some things that are certainly human and, and mom and dad inspired, but we recognize that how quickly we can give that over to no wait. God's been faithful then. God's going to be faithful now, right? That, that there still is an empty grave, amen? That he still is the miracle worker, right? He's still the promise keeper, right, of what he's doing. And so not only has God told that story over your little one, but over your best friend too, that God's working his very best in him, amen? Amen. Hey, man, give this, glad to hear this update. You guys can just leave the mics right there. I've got just one more little quick story, really special guest. Um, in fact, it's such a special guest that he doesn't even know that he is speaking today um, as well. So I don't know. I can't see. The lights are bright. But is Brian Delinsky, is he in the house here today? Brian, come on up here, buddy. You're our special guest today. Here's another one that just loves to speak in front of people and, right, right? <laughs> yeah, come on all the way here. So I, I, we have just a little quick update um, before we finish this morning. Um, so surprise. 
So truly one of the, I think, special people for, for Debbie and I, and especially me, is Brian. Um, he is an absolute encourager, supporter. Um, I know it seems like whenever I'm having a bad day or whatever, somehow Brian um, just has a way of however we're together or a comment or, you know, he's, he's probably my, one of my biggest fans, and that means a lot. No, come on, stop it. Um, and, and that means a lot. So, you know, one of the things that you're going to hear next month on our first Sunday is as we talk about some of the global stuff is that, you know, over the last, I think, eight years now for me, uh, I've participated in the journey of awesomeness. Um, and uh, it's a bike ride, a two-day bike ride, about 210 miles. And uh, we raise money. Uh, we raise it for World Serve, and they also raise it for food ministries in central uh, Virginia, where the ride is. And so uh, if you all haven't heard from me in a little while, trust me, you're going to hear from me in the next couple of weeks um, to get your pledge ready um, for, for the ride that's upcoming. We have to raise money uh, to ride and to suffer like that. But Brian, as well as, as Adriel, has been on a little bit of a health journey himself, and since August, um, has lost 50 pounds. Yeah? But it's not only been a weight loss as much as it's been a health gain, right? So Brian works for Coca-Cola, and he walks a lot, and his knees, and those kind of things. And so as he was losing weight, he was asking me, Pastor, what else can I do to to help, and so it kind of finding what does he have? Well, he has a, 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 a bike at home. He has a, a trainer uh, at, at his house. I'm like, well, you know, Brian, that'll help save your knees a lot. You can get on, it'll help burn a lot more calories and we'll stay on plan, whatever. So Brian started riding his bike um, and knowing that I'm on my trainer and he'll ask me, we meet, we meet on Mondays, um, you know, how many miles did you ride this week? How many miles is, here's what I did, whatever. Uh, and we started, you know, now the talk is about the JOA and me getting ready to ride and all the training. And Brian says, I wanna do that. I'm like, you wanna ride the JOA with me? He's like, well, I don't want to ride the JOA, right? <laughs> 210 miles in two days. But I want to ride, so the virtual JOA, they started during COVID, and that is for the month of June to ride 200 miles on a trainer or around the block or however you can ride if you can't do the two-day ride. And so Brian signed up. He's on the page, on the Journey of Awesomeness page, um, as a rider for the JOA. So let's give it up for that. And so with a sheepish little grin, he looked at me and he goes, you know, I'm going to take some of your pledge money now. I'm going <laughs> to... I like Brian, yep. so he's going to make me work harder, so now you have a choice who you're going to support this year <laughs> in the JOA, but, but Brian, I just want to let people know, just obviously you help in so many ways, you're always a helper, um, and you're, again, just to see some transformation, and you to kind of extend that and see some big things happen, we're really excited about that. I'm excited too. Yep. And I'm going to do it in two weeks, not the whole month. So, so there you go. Um, and he bragged to me last week because he already got support that was more than support that I had raised already. So now there's a competition already beginning, right? I got another donation. All right, all right. That, you're done. You're done. All right. Hey, give it up for Brian. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. 
So I'm gonna ask maybe Chris if you'll kind of help me. We're gonna we're just gonna move to communion. Um, but I wanted, to, I wanted to encourage you just as we close today with this idea of mission and just hear some of the stories and the things that, that God is doing um, around us. This past Monday, I had a chance to be part of a Zoom conference call. Some of you know our missionary in Ireland is Dan Tabb. Um, and there's a, several of us, about four of us, that serve on his executive board and, and we meet by way of Zoom um, every quarter or so, and, and Dan sent out news uh, earlier this year that there was another gentleman that he wanted to have join the board uh, that he had known for a lot of years, and so uh, we thought, yeah, that would be great. And so as we started this Zoom call, I hadn't been on Zoom for quite a while, and I thought, well, I better jump on early because I'm sure it's gonna wanna update, and it's gonna take some, and if I'm like at the last minute, that you know, I'm gonna be late, and so, I got on Zoom early and for whatever reason, no updates and it went right to the room and there was Jay on the other line. Never met him, didn't know anything about him. And so we started talking. And I don't know, has anybody had kind of an experience in life like the minute that you meet somebody, you just feel kind of like in a sense like way less of yourself because they just come off like just so amazing? Right, I, I, just within these first couple of minutes, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like I want Jay to be my new best friend like in my entire life. Like, like this guy is like significantly just, just has a presence about him. Like I, I wanna know more. And so we kind of talked for a little bit and, and then in the midst of our meeting began, Dan kind of introduced Jay and he said, well, I'll just kind of quickly tell you a little bit about myself. And, and this is what he said, he said, I've, I have a life mission. I wrote a life mission statement for myself. He's my age, he's 57. And this is what he said. He said, my life will revolve around helping me and everyone I touch become our best self as I continue to listen, seek, learn, grow, mentor, coach, lead, serve, and love with Christ at the center of who I am what I do, how I live, and why I'm here. And I thought, man, my first impression of this guy was right on. Like this guy is the real deal. So when he talked about that he first met Dan when they were in the insurance business with Northwest Mutual, Jay was a million dollar earner, was kind of climbing the fast track, and kind of like we've talked about during the choice, like with Solomon, kind of got to the end of the line and realized, made a lot of money, but I got really nothing to show for it. And he walked away and went into a couple of startup businesses, some nonprofit stuff, ended up landing a job with GE. And he said, and I got right back on that rat wheel and made money and went after everything that life seemed to say that I could have. And I got to the end again and said, Man, it's just empty, without purpose, without mission. And so he quit GE and went on a year sabbatical. And he wrote this rest of life mission statement. And so I contacted Jay a couple of days ago and I said, Jay, hey, could you send me that, that mission statement that, that you said? It just, it like motivated me. And he sent me 13 pages of the rest of his life mission about what he is believing God. He spent an entire year to say, God, I wanna give you not the rest, 
I want to give you my best for the rest of my life. And he said, and God just started impassioning me with this mission. And I want to encourage us today, as you hear about real life's mission, I want to ask you, what is your mission? Now, chances are a lot of us aren't going to be able to spend a year on a sabbatical, right, figuring out a 13-page rest of my life. And maybe, certainly, that's not what I'm asking you to do today. But I'm asking you to start today by recognizing that God has a mission for each and every one of us. I wonder what a year from today could mean in your story. What does a year mean for Adriel? <laughs> life and death. What is a life difference for Alex, an agnostic who had no thought of what a relationship with God could do? And what does one year mean? Life and death, yes? And today is an opportunity not for only us to understand the real life mission, but for you to really seek out, God, what is my mission? What do I want to dedicate, whether I'm 20, 30, 40, 50, what do I want to dedicate the rest of my life doing? As you heard in Jay's story, I'm not looking to get rich. I'm not looking to be about me. What is it that can I do to help others? You know, Jesus had a mission when he came, right? I mean, I think we could probably pull out a couple of lines that he came to seek and to save those that were lost. He came to build a bridge to heaven. He came to sacrifice his life so that we could know eternal life. Aren't you glad that Jesus accomplished his mission? Aren't you glad that Adriel is desiring to complete his mission, that Alex is wanting to see his mission grow? I'm glad that I was able to rub shoulders with a guy by the name of Jay, that even when I hear his story, I'm just kind of like, wow, like in, when I look at everything that I've done, it feels like I've done nothing. That someone just kind of flicks a little match or a spark to say, what do I want to dedicate the rest of my life to? Listen, God has something for you today, friend. You're not here by accident. These stories weren't random for you. They were meaningful for you to realize that God has a plan and God has purpose. But more than anything else, God has a mission in store for you. I'm going to ask, I don't know if our ushers need to help, but if you came in today and you desire to take communion with us today, did you all get one on the way in? Is there anybody that needs one? We'll get our ushers to help you in just a moment. I'm going to ask the, maybe if the band wants to come and help us. And we're going to close this morning. You know, because I think the fullness of the mission of Christ is that he came to give his life for you and I. And so we believe in this church that the idea of communion is a symbolism of what God did for us in reality. That he didn't call it in, but he came to show us. That he said at supper that this bread that you hold in your hands, this is my body. This represents that I didn't just call it in, but I came. That I've come so that you could have life and that you could have life to the full. I'm willing to sacrifice my life. This is my mission so that you could realize that your life is not meaningless, that there's more. And I want you to leave here today to know that there is more for you, that God still is going to write a story that you're the headline in. 
And I guess here's my challenge today, and I want to give you just a, a moment or two, just in some reflection and maybe in some prayer. I mean, here's my challenge, and, and I'm going to become, I don't know if I'm going to become best friends with Jay this year, but I'm going to become really good friends with Jay. But he's a guy that in this earth, I think that is going to inspire me for the rest of my life. Certainly, I want Jesus to be at the top of that list. And I want to be a guy that wants to know him more, and I want to be in his word more, but I want to be with people that are going to help me to get the most out of life. I don't want to rust out. I want to burn out. Amen? And I want to have a mission for God to do something in my life. What could one year from today mean in your story? Some that look impossible today. Some of these testimonies would have been an impossibility a year ago, but for the grace of God, amen? But for the tenacity and the perseverance of God. And that's the hope that I want to give you today. Today, your mission is just simply to know that God loves you, that God has purpose for you, that God has plans that are maybe even greater than you. And God's willing to put people in your life to show you that with Him and with a family that everything is possible.